Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with theater's biggest names. And welcome back to the Quarren Queen Takeover. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and we are continuing our sixth musical takeover on the podcast with an episode with Andrea Macassett, who is Anne Boleyn in the Broadway cast. And this is now her fifth incarnation of the musical, and she is another one who was merely hours away from making her Broadway debut the night that Broadway went dark. So I'm going to leave this episode to speak for itself. This is another great one. I love all these six queens. They are incredible. We've got a lot more queens coming up the rest of the month. So make sure to continue to listen and leave your ratings, leave your reviews. And don't forget, you can watch the full video versions of these interviews at ttp.fm slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Follow me on social media, as always, theater underscore podcast. Visit me online at bpn.fm slash and now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Andrea Macassett. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listen up, let me tell you a story. A story that you think you've heard before. We know you know our names and our fame and our faces. Know all about the glories and the Today's guest appeared in the sixth tour at the American Repertory Theater, Chicago Shakespeare Theater, Ordway Theater, and Citadel Theater. In Canada, she's appeared in productions of Heather's The Musical, Avenue Q, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, and Miss Saigon, now making her Broadway debut as Anne Boleyn in Six. Andrea Macassett, welcome to the Theater Podcast. Oh my goodness, thank you for having me. I, I had to dig into uh, some videos of you saying your own name so I could figure out how to pronounce, pronounce your last great. name. That was amazing. Wait, that, it's, is that a Filipino name? It is, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, that, so like Filipinos will actually say it like, Andrea Makasait. Oh, because oh, it's got the, du- the two vowels at the end. Yeah, so they'll pronounce every vowel. Yeah. So you're from Canada. You are Canadian. Yes. Yes. And, uh, but right now I'm talking to you over Skype and we, uh, you said you're in, you're, you're still here in the city in New York. 
Yeah, still here in the city. Um, I'm from, I'm originally born and raised Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Um, and now I've been <laughs> trying to get home. I've been waiting for the official announcement that Broadway was going to extend uh, further into its suspension before I made any um, flight arrangements to come back home. Um, so when that announcement came up, uh, I booked my flight to come home actually on Wednesday, so tomorrow. And um, I got an email last night from Delta being like the Winnipeg, the Minnesota to Winnipeg flight has been canceled. Like why, why are they, well, why are they canceling flights in the first place? I mean, are, I guess the flights that they have, are they just canceling them that canceling them that are completely empty or how's that? Like, I don't even know what's going on. I know. I almost, yeah, I feel like it's along that, that process where not a lot of people have booked, but also they don't want a lot of people to book so that we can be separated in the plane. But then if you only have two people flying from Minnesota to Winnipeg, it's, it's not enough. Um, so I think there's that weird balance, um, but I could be wrong. I Is it like a, a border closure thing? No, I mean, the border is open for Canadians to come home. So can you just, why don't you just drive? I don't, uh, I think it's about a, a two day drive from. So, okay. So, so cost, cost benefit analysis. Would you be stuck in New York for weeks waiting on a flight or take three days and calmly have a nice trip home? I probably could do the three day drive, but I, I've, I've never done like a long period of driving by myself ever. So from Canada, well, I guess I, I'm, I'm kind of torn on where to begin because I want to talk about where you, where you grew up and how you grew up and how you got into theater. But I, I, yeah. I'm anxious to get straight into um, the fact that your Broadway debut was just like ripped away from from yeah. the from your hands. You know, the the morning of your opening night, you find out Broadway goes dark. Yeah, that was that was really weird. Um, and I, I look back on that night, that day a lot and each time it, ah, it was, it brings up different emotions. Sometimes I'm like, wow, I'm so sad. And then other days I'm like, no, no, it was for the best. And then other days I'm like, trying to blame someone it's it's a weird roller coaster that I go through when when I look back on that day but um March 12 was our 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 opening and my family my boyfriend flew in the day before um everybody was kind of getting ready and um, figuring out what they were going to do on March 12th before the show. Um, so I woke up that day and I was, I was getting ready 
uh, 12 p.m., 1 p.m. rolled around and I noticed something on Instagram. Um, it was uh, a post from Official Broadway World or something. And it was that Broadway was shutting down as of 5 p.m. And so I wait, looked, you, you heard about it on Instagram before you heard about it from your, your company? Yeah, I think the announcement from the governor happened. The announcement happened. And in the midst of all that was the deliberation of, is is six going to go on? Are we going to open it? Or are we like, what are we going to do? Because the show, it was the party. It was pressed in between the party. So there were a lot of elements that had to be decided and, and kind of reconfigured in order for us to make a solid decision. Well, I guess the, the producers and creatives to make a, a decision. So, I mean, I remember, you know, sitting in my bathroom, texting the girls being like, okay, so do I shower? <laughs> Or like, what do we do? Um, and then 4 p.m. rolled around, and that was when we got the confirmation that we were not going to go ahead with our opening, and that we were just gonna um, make a little toast um, at one of the pubs nearby um, and send off our beautiful creative team who came from London. Um, we were going to send them off and just have a toast to all the things that we have accomplished because the journey thus far has been so epic. And um, so we took the night to to celebrate that, which was nice. But um, yeah, for a few days, it felt like I was in this weird dream-like state where I was like, okay, now it's time to wake up. Like, well, you've it's done you've done more performances of six than any of the other North American cast, right? I was in all the productions, yes. Yeah, yeah. So you've been in this for quite a while. Yeah, and I then think, I think Anna and I have been. Yeah. So you've been in this for mm-hmm. for basically like the North American beginnings years ago, and then you, yeah, it's it's like you didn't get to say goodbye to a close friend. You just got it ripped away. <laughs> like there's no closure there, and I and I and I know that it's, it's going to come back, and you will open. And you know, and I I don't want to I don't want to bring you down here. Um, I'm thinking like we'll be lucky if it's September because first you have to open bars, and then you have to then people have to get comfortable, and then. Even when it's safe for Broadway to reopen, according to the government, you have to go through the process of making sure that, you know, are we going to have to sit six feet apart in the theater, even though it's okay to go in? And will yeah. producers want to want to put that, will perform to half-empty houses? And if everything goes on sale at once, is, it, is that going to dilute the pool or have people come back? I mean, you know, I, I, I just... I was talking with with Sam Polly earlier. I was telling her that I was I was like my heart just 
broke for you guys because I was at your final at your final preview on the on the eleventh. And the first time I'd seen the show, I purposely didn't read it, read anything about it, or or listen to the music beforehand because when I want to I want to binge it after I've already seen it. Yeah. And I just went back and I, I listened to the soundtrack on the subway, the home uh, on, the, on the way home that night, and was like, "This is so great! I can't wait for the the OBC from New York." And then next morning, I was like, "It's not going to happen for these girls." And I just can't. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine like kind of what that felt like. I mean, you, you sort of, you, you walked through what happened during the day, but did you, I mean, was it like, you said it was sort of like a fog or a dream, but I mean, it, it, is it, are you like doing okay? Is it, is like you're sitting in your apartment? Are, are, is your, is your boyfriend with you? Do you live by yourself? Like, are oh, you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, um, I was lucky to have gone through kind of like the hard emotions when I was surrounded with my boyfriend and my family. So they were here for about a week before they all went back to Winnipeg to then start their own quarantine for 14 Mm. days. Um, So in that time, I, I had the support that I, I needed to kind of like, give me the space to be and um, kind of go through the weird, like the, the weird, what the fuck am I going through? Um, mental state. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, we get the, wow, like opening night was taken away from you guys. And yes, it, it sucked, but I am sitting here now and I can confidently say that it was the best choice because I think had we opened that night, the reopening of six, like the comeback won't be as juicy as it is, as it is going to be. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we've had, what, Chicago, Boston, Citadel, Minnesota. We've had four opening nights already, and we joke about it all the time. I mean, like, we've had four glamorous opening nights, and we can wait for our last one. We can wait for it. The, um, yeah, the, it will be, it will be it's so epic when it does happen. Um, so I think the hopes and dreams of six and what it is going to be in the future and um, all the stuff that comes with it is going to be, all the more um, fire when it happens. I I agree. I think, I mean, at first I was sad because I said, oh crap, they're going to, you know, maybe, maybe they won't reopen. Maybe, maybe they're going to miss Tony, Tony eligibility for this season or whatever mm-hmm. the case is. And once I heard that the Tonys were postponed indefinitely, I was said, oh, okay, good. That, that's good. That's good. Okay. Because, <laughs> 
Like maybe they'll do a shortened season. I mean, who who knows? I don't, you know, they haven't announced what they're going to do at this point as we're recording this. So uh, maybe they'll extend it. Maybe they'll include previews. Maybe, I mean, because you went up to your final preview. Reviews are there. They're embargoed. But mm-hmm. but press saw it. Press has written their reviews. So, you know, I guess the question is whether or not Tony voters got to see it during previews, which I guess is the issue. But, um, man, I, I, I mean, the trajectory of the show is just incredible. And to get where it is now, I, I mean, I think you're one of the best ones to speak about that, though, because like, like you said, you've been it, you've been in all of the North American productions, more or less. Um, but okay, so now let's go back to the beginning, Winnipeg. Yeah. So, little Andrea, what got you into theater? What was your childhood like? My childhood was a lot of Filipino singing competitions. <laughs> but yeah, I, I grew up joining local um, Filipino community singing competitions. And then once um, local competitions expanded in my city is when I started to join more. So a lot of it was karaoke tracks and my mom being my director and telling me, you know, sing it with feeling. Now walk over here and make sure you look at them in the eye and make them feel things with your song on my own, Les Miserables. <laughs> um, so it was, it was a lot of that from my, from my childhood. And then one year I think I was in the fourth grade was when I was finally introduced to musical theater my first production was the king and I at one of my local theaters and I got introduced to um, owners of a dance studio there and then I enrolled in dance and that's kind of when um, my interests shifted into and and singing and dancing so I grew up in a competitive I can grew up in competitive dance um and then doing local theater productions um all the way through till high school Mm -hmm. and then um once I finished high school I I went to study performing arts in Victoria, BC. Did you have a moment where you where you were like, "This is what I want to do with my life. I don't. I know I won't do anything else, and this is the hard, treacherous road I'm going to go down." Yeah, I think uh, you know what. I just over time, uh, I guess my one moment that sticks out for me was probably the tenth grade. I knew we were doing a high school production of, we were doing a high school production of Chicago. And I played. Appropriate, appropriate. (laughs) I know. I played Val McKelly, but I mean, that, the feeling of playing such an epic role at that like I guess in that at that age and you know Chicago and Bell McKelly and after that you know those feelings of uh, you're 
high school musical company and being so supportive and loving on one another and never wanting it to end was just kind of like, no, I want to do this. I want to do more of it. And I want to do it after high school. And I don't want my next two productions to be my last productions. Um, so I pursued it. I went to school in Victoria, um, studied performing arts there. And then from there, it kind of was just like, okay, now I booked Miss Saigon in Victoria. That's amazing. Cool. Then I booked Avenue Q. Amazing. Great. Um, and then I, and then I went on to do a couple other shows and then found myself, I guess, fast forward to 2016, 2016, 2017, where I stopped performing and stopped booking things. Yeah, it was a weird, very weird time in my life. It's like you aged out of looking younger but weren't old enough to play those the older roles? Yeah, maybe. I Yeah, I all of a sudden just stopped. I would audition and no one would hire me. I would audition and the parts I auditioned for were already booked and no one told me. It was just... It was it was really hard for a few years. And at that time I didn't have an agent. I wasn't equity. I wasn't, I was finding all my work on my own. Hey, Ms. Then, Good throwback. Yeah. <laughs> bruh. It was, it was tough. <laughs> so I, yeah, that was <sighs> through till 2018 was pretty rough for me. I decided I was giving up theater. I didn't want my heart broken anymore. I kept getting no's and I was like, screw this. I, I have other passions. I'm going to pursue them for a little bit and give theater a break because I, I started to wake up and not be happy anymore. Um, so I, at the time, I was also working for Lululemon. And yeah, big Lulu girl. I was working at Lululemon. Um, Lulu always supported my dreams and goals um, throughout my theater career. Whenever I had a gig, they would give me the time off and they would welcome me back with open arms and um, be really interested in my development outside and inside the company. It was great. I was La Vida Loca for sure. And I knew that I loved working with people um, at Lululemon. I loved people development. I loved um, HR. I loved the hiring process. I loved interviewing. I loved developing, training, all of that. So you, you were in corporate. Like the corporate um, side. No, in the store, just taking those things on, um, learning as much as I could so that I could pursue something maybe in the corporate field with this company and make some more monies because, hello, that's what we need. Regular paycheck. Regular paycheck, for sure. 
Um, and that's kind of what I decided to focus on. I said, okay, bye theater for now. I'm not auditioning. I'm going to say no to all these things. And if things come up, I don't want to do them because my mindset at that time was, what's the point? If I'm just going to get rejected. Yeah. If you're, if it's not artistic or personally fulfilling, it's just more emotionally draining than anything. Yeah, totally. And that's where I was. So I, I put myself through school. I went back to university and started pursuing, um, a diploma in human resources. I was in the midst of completing my management certificate through the course. And then I, I was also still working part-time at Lululemon as much as I could with full-time school going on and still taking on as much as I could in the store so that they knew my development was still very much, um, being worked on and that I wanted to pursue it and move to Vancouver and like do the Lululemon head office thing. That's where I, I set my eyes on and I was working towards that. And then in December of 2018, I saw a Facebook post. It was of this musical called six being presented next season at the Citadel theater in collaboration with Chicago Shakespeare Theater, this musical is like a Spice Girls musical, all women, pop divas, as what it was. And I, I looked at it in the middle of class being like, oh, that's cool. Let's listen <laughs> to the music. Um, started listening to the music over my break. And I was like, okay, this is not theater. This is a bop. Cool. Set that aside, continued on with my life. Um, and then February 2019 came. And I, that month I decided, okay, you know what? I feel pretty good now about the arts. I have had a break and now, okay, this isn't really going to leave my body forever. I'm going to audition for one thing. And it was a play. So I submitted for this play. And in looking at the open call, um, <clears throat> pardon me, submission on the website, I saw that there was an open call audition for Six the Musical in Toronto. <laughs> but let me backtrack back into like the time in between when I discovered the show until I found that um, open call audition. I, I had said to my boyfriend one day in the car, I played the soundtrack for him. And I said, what do you think of this? And he was like, oh, it's like, I don't know, radio music. It's pretty cool. And I said, it's a, sh it's a show. It's a, it's a musical. He said, Andrea, that's cool. Yeah. And I said, I think, I think if it ever like came to Canada, 
think I'd audition. I think it's it's very different from what I what I had auditioned for, and I think I'd have a shot. So fast forward to the day that I found that open call in Canada. In Canada, in class, um, it was the last day to submit. It was the last day to submit to audition for this musical in Toronto. Mm -hmm. It was February 7. Auditions were February 10th in Toronto. Where were you at the time? In Winnipeg. In Winnipeg, okay. Mm -hmm. How far away is that? It's about a two-hour flight. Flight, okay. Yeah, so about a 16-hour drive. Mm-hmm. I um, submitted, didn't hear anything that day. Next day was when I got um, an email from one of the casting directors being like, hey, Andrea, you're the last lot of the day. Um, make sure to come in early. I looked at the flights broke student that I was the $900 flight. Um, so I, I remember crying to my mom being like, I, I know $900, it's $900. It, like that to me at that time was like, uh, do I f- spend a thousand bucks and sing 32 bars for a no in a new province, in a, a province that like I don't live in and then come back and be not have a thousand dollars and go back to my life, which is fine. But now I'm down money, which I need to be using for school, school stuff. Um, and she said, well, are you going to think about it? If you don't go, are you going to think about it? Cause if you're not going to think about it, then don't. But if you are, then that's on you, Andrea, you, you go. So I went, my auntie came with me for support she flew to Toronto with me. We had a little... On her own $900 flight. Yeah. She flew. I flew. We had a little auntie and niece one day getaway. I did the audition. And now here we are. <laughs> when did you... <laughs> I mean... It all it takes is one time, but did 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 you have to go? Did you have to stay for more callbacks when you were there, or was it just one of those things where like did you expect to go home that night? So the call said, "Be available the following day if you are called back for three hours from ten to I think three or something." Um. So I had arranged the flight so that we flew in first thing in the morning on Monday and flew in the evening on that Tuesday, just in case. Mm -hmm. I went into the audition 
it was 32 bars of a pop song. So no musical theater. The creatives wanted to hear your best pop. You remember what you sang? I sang Stone Cold by Demi Lovato. And then I sang Love on Top by Beyonce. And I didn't have the, the, the piano. You sang an acapella? I, I walked in there with my phone with a, a cut karaoke clip of each track. And I said, we're going to put it, I put it in the aux cord and you're going to the now, the now associate director of uh, sixth and musical us at the time she was um, assisting the auditions. She, I got her to click play on my phone and so I could sing. So I sang my best karaoke, Stone Cold Demi Lovato. That, that, that's amazing. And and so did you know before you went home that, that you were going to get the part? Did they tell you right away? No. I So I left. I left that first audition. Uh, Bob Mason came and um, found me outside get, kind of getting my stuff ready to go. And he said, we want to see you tomorrow, Andrea. And then he proceeded to give me the sides. I I got the sides for Anne Boleyn, and I got the sides for Jane Seymour for the callback the next day. And the callback process was very, very different um, than what most callbacks are like. They actually went by... Um, so by Queen... Everyone who was called back for their queen all went into the room. You sang it all. You sang through the the musical cut one time, mm-hmm. two times, and then you all sang in front of each other. In front of each other? Yeah, in the room. So no one left. So you were watching all these girls singing for Anne Boleyn. Oh, that would... Sing for Anne Boleyn. That's so, that's so much pressure. Very weird very weird did they did they have a a, a type like it, you know i one of the things that i really like about the show is that it's all different all different types of women like different presenting looking women um of all races and heights and and body types and everything yeah. and and then when i i was looking at the olivier awards clip and and but so it seems like each character is has been envisioned to to present a certain way while in general the characters are are like racially and ethic, ethically irrelevant to the what they actually were because they were just you know white people in in history right yeah. and, and did they did you notice a type when during the callback process i mean was it like you know was was everybody sort of the same or did it kind of vary and not matter at all like was it true colorblind casting yeah really yeah toby and lucy are so amazing at what they do and how they see people and um how open they are about um people and their experiences and what people bring to the table 
And as long as you were telling the story, whatever you looked like, sounded like, whatever you wore didn't matter. Like they, it's, yeah, it's, um, auditioning for them and working with them has been an experience that I have truly, truly appreciated um, because they allow us, the queens, to be exactly who we are. So whatever you really see on stage is it's a lot of just our own personalities shining through. So it wasn't like, oh, we're looking for Bolin. Bolin has to be this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Bolin is like five Spice Girls in one. So pick your shade and pick whatever spice you want. Have fun. That's really that's really interesting because all, I mean, there's so many different incarnations of the cast now you know there's like the australian tour and 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 there's your cast and there's still it's still in london and all of these others and so it's interesting because now now that you said that you know i assumed as with other shows you know they're trying to as as originating a role you get to play around it and make it your own but then the replacements of course, you can't help but make it a little bit of your own because you are a person and not like the original. But you're trying to, in a sense, you know, replicate that original performance. And it sounds like that never happened. It's just like, all right, Andrea, come in. You be you. Have fun. And it really shows, like, the six of you look like you're having so much fun on stage. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly because we were given the space and freedom to create these queens on our own, knowing what they have gone through, doing our research, and then, you know, giving you the story our way. Um, So the Boleyn that you see in London is going to be different than the Boleyn that you see in the U.S. because she's she's every woman and she's sometimes she's spicier than than others and sometimes she's way more innocent and sometimes she's she's like chaotic and sometimes she's in your face hardcore not taking any shit from anyone and I think it's not just Boleyn it's every queen so whatever you see is a different side of Boleyn and, um, and it's yours to take. It's yours to embrace because, um, it's, it, it's so, it's, um, what am I trying to say? Yeah. It's yours. It's unique to, to you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And it's unique to each audience member. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have to do, did you do a lot of research? I mean, like, when I think of Anne Boleyn, I just think back to the Tudors on HBO. Like, <laughs> that was where I learned the most about Anne Boleyn. Yeah, I'm actually re-watching the Tudors right now. <laughs> oh, are you really? <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, no, I didn't... I knew she was the the iconic wife. Like, she was the one who got beheaded. Um, 
so when we got into rehearsals in Chicago, Lucy gave us school projects. We were told to do our research on our queens and make a presentation and then present it to one another. And so we, so we read books. We read, well, I read some books, chapters of books. <laughs> um, watched a couple we were told to watch a um a documentary uh so we watched a documentary but the most fun was first day of rehearsal we had the morning and then the afternoon was saved for research purposes and we all, the, we all went into a conference room, creatives and cast sat down and watched the Beyonce concert. <laughs> Which is probably the best onstage reference that you could have had. So we watched a Beyonce concert for research and character development. <laughs> yeah, a Beyonce concert to me sounds like probably the best way that anybody could prepare for what you're doing. Because I mean, I, I said this before that this is it's it's a pop concert disguised as a musical theater show that happens to 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 teach you about history. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's just brilliant, and it's it's it, I, you know I don't want to say it's like following in the footsteps of Hamilton. It's it's you it's using the same it's fallen into the same sort of success in that it's so different that it works. You know, like it's, it's, it's talking to existing audiences that want new content and they're tired of the same old thing. And this is on top of just being good. It's a good story. Performances are great and it just works. So yeah, I, I cannot wait for it to come back because you know, it's just, it's fun. It's just fun. It's easy. It's, you're out early in the night and you come out energized and yeah, yeah, all of you have so much fun. I enjoy, I enjoyed watching everybody. Like I usually have a favorite when I'm watching a show that I'll kind of follow and Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't pick one when I was watching six. Mm -hmm. All all of you had your moments where you're all just like, all right, you know, aside from having individual individual solos anyway, but I like watching people when they don't think they're being watched because you know, of course everyone's always being watched, but all all of you just had so much fun together. I could tell you know, just sitting backstage watching other people sing their solos is when I love to watch everybody else. And it just, it looked so much fun to be up there. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely something else. I, I look forward to everybody's solos because there's moments in each song that someone does something different one night and, um, or just, I look forward to like one, like a particular part in a song or a monologue. And it, the whole time I'm like this whole show, I'm literally on stage with my best girls and I, I get to like witness them kill it every single night. So the energy is not like, okay, I'm going to watch your solo now and then wait for it to be done. Okay, let's go and do this now. Um, it's always, it's always just like, I, and I, I can, I think I can say this for everybody where we're just so 
proud of one another um, with how far we've, we've come. Like, it, singing six with them will never get old. Um, you know, hearing Abby Mueller riff every day in her song will never get old. Um, and just like Sam's monologue will never not be funny to me. And it, it's just like, there's so many parts in this show that I, that change for me every single day. And then I, I'm just, I'm just so proud of everybody. Does your, does your Berlin change based on the kind of day that you've had? Like, be- oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes she's um she's she's already pretty um fiery. I was gonna say firecrackery. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's she's that every day. But sometimes if she's like already on a level ten, some days she'll be on like a twelve. <laughs> like six times two. And when that happens, I, I don't know. Some days the lines just come out and they're (laughs) really spicy. And then I can't look at the girls for the rest of the show or they can't look at me because then, then we laugh. Right. So it just depends. Some days she's more spicier than others. <laughs> I, I can see. Yeah, you're you kind of you kind of bop around on stage uh, when you're up there. I can see everybody's got got such distinctly different yet huge in their own way uh, energies. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, for those who've seen it, you should know exactly what I'm talking about. But all of all of you up there are. And you just crush it, like you said. You just, you know, you're riffing and slaying, and and you bring, you're, you bring it every show, right? And and it's all so different that it's like it's almost inca- incomparable, incomparable, incomparable. That's the word. It's almost incomparable, but at the same time, you're all doing the same show and whatnot. And I don't know. Maybe I mean it's just everything: the costumes and the lights and the choreography, and it all just works and yeah like yeah. i said i'm i'm excited for it to come back because when it opens it's going to be bigger than it would have otherwise yeah it's going to be such a celebration i can only imagine how lit it's going to be yeah well let us wrap up our podcast interview here with the three standard closing questions that I ask everybody on the podcast. The first one, very simply, is what motivates you? What motivates me is my family and making my, you know, my Filipino community proud. I mean, um, this is for every Filipino girl who thinks, you know, theater might not be for her or a stage might not be for her. Um, it is, there's space for you. And, um, we have, we've already started making these steps and it will just expand further. So that's my motivation. Nice. 
The next question is, what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? Oh, don't take life so seriously. And be, be kind. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. All right. Last question. So if you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? Can I say my own? Sure. But with you in it or not? Ooh, six with... Yeah, okay, me in it sometimes, but I would love to see queens of every color of the rainbow. Come on! Wouldn't that be so epic? <laughs> yes, it would. That would be great. Just like, oh, all these queens just playing all these roles. I would never get tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. So where can we find you on social medias? I am on Instagram at Andrea.Cecile and on that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's your middle name, right? Cecile? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. You can get more of me on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. You can find me online at thetheaterpodcast.com. Please leave a rating and a review everywhere you're listening to this. This is edited by Matthew Hendershot. And thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the music and Andrea. Thank you most of all. I have enjoyed this so much. Yay! Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.